I've always been on the John Batchelor Show. One of the best podcasts gives you a global look, a national look. Uh, fabulous guy. I love to do interviews with him. I'm so thankful that every week, uh, practically, we're able to do a couple interviews and then I'm able to repost so you guys can all hear on my podcast uh, what John and other people are asking me as we cover a variety of topics. We'll continue to do this. If you have questions or topics that you want John to cover or John to ask me, just email at devinnunes.com. Catch you next time. This is Friends of History Debating Society. I'm John Batchelor with Congressman Devin Nunes, 22 California. Also, podcaster Devin Nunes at Apple Podcasts and author Devin Nunes of Countdown to Socialism. Uh, Congressman, momentarily, it is difficult to follow the action because in the first rush, the president and the speaker and the majority leader in the Senate did not achieve their goals. All is gone apparently quiet, although there is much cheering going on from the outside. I note that one observant column that originates in Great Britain for The Economist said that it was remarkable how united the Democrats are. 203 vote with the president in the House of Representatives. I puzzled about this because I believe 218 is the majority. 203 would leave Nancy Pelosi short. So is there a way of understanding what is happening now about this Biden agenda? And also, what is their hurry? Well, John, uh, this week, uh, just recently in the last days, Pelosi was on her second international trip in the last month. She went to the U.K. Uh, and now a few weeks ago, and now she's in Italy, uh, was at the Vatican meeting with the Pope. So many people continue to speculate that this is her legacy, and I don't think people realize just how, what a monstrosity this bill is. This isn't it's, – it's, it's hard for people to wrap their minds around because it's not just about the spending. This is not a – budget bill. This is an additional spending allotment. This is additional changes to the tax code, increases in taxes, and then rewarding their cult-like party, the people that are part of the cult. Uh, So whether that is the uh, global warming uh, uh, initiatives or the other uh, spending programs for socialized medicine, and then the changes that you already have, 20% of our GDP has spent on health care, uh, and they seem hell-bent to make Medicare go go broke. So this is why she calls it her legacy project, and many people are saying it's her legacy. They know if they implement some 3 to $6, 7000000000000 trillion bill uh, that eventually they will get their dream because they'll break Medicare. And then they're hoping everybody just revolts and says, fine, 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 just send it all to Washington. We want to be done, and we just, just give us socialized medicine. We're done with it. Now, of course – this is unsustainable. As a country, you can't spend 20% of your GDP like we are in healthcare right now. Uh, just it's, it's burning up money. No other country spends money like this. And of course, we're getting, you know, I would argue that, uh, that the care in many states is getting worse and worse, especially in parts of, parts of California and the blue states. So there seems to be a, a rush to get this done. Uh, there seems to be the, the media is kind of, scurrying and of course the democrats own the media they don't know exactly what to say so i think that's what you're seeing is they're reporting like well there's there's 203 good guys so let's try to figure out well wait there's they have uh there's another 20 of them so the 20 must be the bad guys so i think they're busy trying to track them down in these 20 bad guy democrats who are not who, who i guess at least this point have not joined the socialist communist portion of the democrats 
they're busy chasing them into bathroom stalls at colleges and, and airports and following them around, uh, which is interesting because that's been a tactic that the left has used uh, against Republicans as somebody who was, uh, you know, who continues to be targeted by the left. But it wasn't that long ago, John, that you, you may remember that uh, anybody that who was remotely associated with me, whether it be my family or friends or people I've done business with or colleagues, uh, where they were always busy chasing around Republicans who they deemed to be to want to try to get out of Congress. Uh, now they've turned on their own. They're eating their own. And I just I think the propaganda media doesn't have anything better to do but to say, well, everything's great here, nothing to see. It's like Baghdad Bob. We have 203 votes uh, in the House, and as you said, you need they need 218. And then of course in the Senate they say everything's okay here too, uh, except you know we have 48, but these other two bad ones. And let's chase uh, Senator Cinema into the bathroom stall and and try to beat the hell out of her so we can get her to by with. By no less illegal aliens, by the way, I should say, uh, and so we'll scare her into voting for this for this bill. So I don't, we don't know what's going to happen right now, John. Obviously, Pelosi uh, at the Vatican after just passing one of the most uh, atrocious abortion pro-abortion bills in the history of the United States Congress that passed just a few weeks ago. It's just bizarre world where you have this uh, this woke pope. Uh, who's greeting the the most far left wing speaker in the history that just passed a a huge abortion bill? It, it obviously hasn't passed the Senate, so it's not law. Uh, but it just makes for uh, I think bewilderment amongst uh, Catholics like myself and and people who kind of watch the uh, the abortion issue closely. Uh, because the Democratic Party is non-transparent, I want to move over to what we do see, which is polling for the Biden administration, and uh, more than a few of my commentators were surprised by the Quinnipiac poll following after a couple of more polls pointing to the fact that the president's hit a lot of resistance from the American people, especially the independents. I believe the overall number, the top line number, was 38% approval, which is very unusual this early in an administration. More to the point, however, was that the president has lost the approval of the independents. Does that surprise you, Devin, that the independents who put him into office would be so impatient after nine months to give him bad marks on a, on a variety of issues? Well, John, as you know, this election was very, very close. And in the, in the rural to, to kind of uh, suburb areas, uh, the outer suburbs, exurbs, I think you guys call them in the, in the big cities, John, by you, uh, you know, those areas went overwhelmingly Republican. So you've got those areas becoming more red. Obviously, you have the urban centers, Manhattan becoming socialist communist. Uh, and I, I, I use those words directly because it's basically true. Uh, and then you have this weird area in the middle of these so-called independents, you know, places like that you talk about a lot. The uh, what do you call them? The collar counties in collar counties of, Pennsyl of Pennsylvania around yeah. Philadelphia, and then the same around Pittsburgh. Those are suburban influenced votes that are independent. They see themselves as independent, and they can vote for party. They can split their ballots easily. Yes. So, so what's happening there? That's really the only area that's even that's even up for grabs. So the red area is getting more red, which is why you saw. Uh, you know, Republicans nearly reclaim the House of Representatives in the last election. Uh, and then you just had record turnout in these urban areas that 
you know, one would argue that Facebook and, and Google and others, between their censorship and their and the Zuck Bucks, the $350 million that went into 10 states, uh, drove that turnout to something that we've never seen before, along with California-style mail everybody a ballot and be able to go harvest them. Uh, it drove it to record record levels. And so, so now what we're left with is, is trying to, you know, evaluate uh, what will happen to those suburban voters. And, you know, typically because of the censorship by the big tech oligarchs uh, that I wrote about in my book, Countdown to Socialism, but also uh, when, you, when you look at the propaganda machine of the, the left-wing media, sometimes even the best propaganda machine uh, can't help you if, if your propaganda and what you're trying to show people does not match the facts on the ground. And I would just say simply, just kind of off the top of my head, you've got some people who have been at work while their neighbors have not, and that's ticking people off. You now have gas prices in some parts of the country, $5 a gallon. You have every, every price of, of every food item, anything you can get rising. You have, we're running out of certain types of, of products across you know, multiple supply chains so even the best propaganda machine, including the best censorship available by Facebook and, and Google, uh, it doesn't match, you know, just driving by and, uh, and passing a $5 gasoline sign or going to grocery store, not having it or not being able to get a part for your car, uh, you know, having to wait uh, to order uh, just, just basic things that, that normally used to come in a day or two from uh, Bezos and Amazon. So those things you can't hide from. Uh, my guess is that a lot of these suburban voters are saying, um, yeah, we, we may not like, it, like the Trump's tweets, but uh, it appears that something's uh, wildly wrong here. And I think those suburban uh, soccer moms, so to speak, that decide these elections uh, probably don't like what they're seeing in real life and probably want Trump back. You've been you've been through Congresses where you see the polling turn against the executive, I, either party, President Bush, President Trump. Is there is is there a connection between what the national polling says about the president's approval rating and how parties react to it in Congress? Can we see a, can we anticipate that the legislation that Mrs. Pelosi and Mr. Schumer want will now change because of the polling, or are they I, indifferent I, to it? Yeah, I think I think they're indifferent to it because this is Pelosi's swan song, and like I talked about earlier, they're hell-bent to get this done because they want socialized medicine. They want to reward all the Greens, and they believe, uh, because they've been doing it since the 1960s, uh, as Ronald Reagan used to, used to say, there's uh, nothing like eternal life than to a new government program. So they know that every government program they've started, uh, you've never been able to turn it off, from the Great Society uh, to, to now uh, Obamacare to now what they're trying to do is essentially break you know, by adding all these new programs to Medicare, what you'll do is effectively you will break it. And then they know that it would be impossible for uh, Republicans to do or any, any, any future government to do anything but nationalize and socialize the health care program. That's their plan. So look, what's worked for them the last 50 years, they're running the same play call. And uh, I don't know if it's going to work because, as you pointed out, we are in uncharted territory. You know, for, for if you would have told me that under any circumstance between the propaganda media and the censorship by the, the tech oligarchs that run their, run their party and fund their party, 
I, I would have thought it would be impossible for Biden to get much below 46, 47, 48 percent under any scenario. But look, I, I think it's like I said, John, just that you can only hide so long you can with, with when you've got so many things going against you right it's just hard to you know between afghanistan and all the prices and people not working uh it just looks like uh, and of course you know all the politicization of the of the uh delta variant of the, of the coronavirus uh and then coupled with you know now you've got Biden with a Hollywood TV set that's not actually in the Oval Office. It's in some building across the street from the White House where they seem to be making these Hollywood productions, uh, which still don't work. It's what I've been saying the last couple of weeks. They're, they can't find a 15 or 20 second soundbite of Biden or Harris that they can work to plug into their propaganda machine. That's how bad things have gotten for them. So to see this, see them anywhere below 47, 48%, I would have said it's almost impossible. Uh, when you have a left-wing poll like the Q poll having them below 40, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to believe, but I, I just have to think what's happening is you just can't hide uh, from uh, people's pocketbooks. We might have to correct Abraham Lincoln, although I re- I'm reluctant. You apparently cannot fool some of the people some of the time. Devin Nunes is Congressman Devin Nunes, 22 California, the set, the bread and fruit basket of the solar system with the fires still burning in the Sierras, with the water still flush, flush and happy from the Sierras except for he's also podcaster Devin Nunes at Apple Podcasts and also author Devin Nunes of Countdown to Socialism, a book that demands, demands an updating. This is Friends of History Debating Society. 